Lord, that we have freedom. Lord, we're free from the chains and the things that bind us and hold us down. But Lord, you have come and you've set us free. Lord, help us to walk in that freedom. Lord, help us to walk in that freedom, to live in that freedom. Lord, to allow you to live through us and in us. Lord, we just thank you for for your resurrection and the life that you give to us. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Today is Resurrection Sunday, the day we celebrate Jesus' resurrection. I want to read the story of his resurrection as recorded in Matthew 28, verses 1 to 10. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothes as white clothes as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angels answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. He is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and rang to bring the disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice! So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Now while they were going, Behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. That's the story of the resurrection. But you know, what does that mean to us? You know, it's a story. You know, if it's just a story, then that's not the real meaning of the resurrection. You know, I I read that specifically saying, I want to read this story to you. You know, if we're here today to think about a story... That's one thing, but what does that story mean to us? What does it mean to us? In, in Romans, the 8th chapter, Romans, the 8th chapter, the 11th verse, it says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. It says the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead can dwell in us. Can dwell in us. That's in Romans, the 8th chapter. It's interesting, if you look at Romans, starting in Romans, the 5th chapter, Romans, the 5th chapter starts out, we are justified by faith in Christ. It says it's by faith in Him that we're justified with God. And that's the message of salvation, that we're not justified because of who we are, what we do, where we come from. We're justified by faith in what Jesus did by dying for us and rising from the dead. And then we go on in Romans, the seventh chapter, and it says, Paul says, well, now I'm trying to do the right thing. You know, we become a Christian, and he says, you know, I'm trying to do the right thing, but I'm kind of struggling. You know, I think a lot of us probably identify with that in many ways. And I'm not saying life doesn't have struggles, but, you know, Paul's saying, you know, I believe, but, you know, it's hard. It's hard to keep doing what I'm supposed to. 
He says, the thing I want to do, I can't do. The thing I don't want to do, I do. Oh, this is really hard. And so, you know, it starts to show us that, you know, the Christian walk sometimes can be hard. But then we come to the eighth chapter of Romans. Long time ago, I did a Bible study with a pastor long, well, long for me is a long time ago. You know, it depends on, that's all relative. <laughs> um, it was probably 40 years ago. So for most of the, yeah, that was a long time ago. But I'll never forget, never. You know, you know, some things, do you know there's some things you never forget? You know, there's some things that just seem to stick. And this is one of the things that stick. He did a whole study on Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. And when he got to Romans 8, he says, life is great in Romans 8. Life is great in Romans 8. The reason life is great in Romans 8 is because the Spirit dwells within us. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Think about it. You know, we, we think about Easter and we think about Christ rising from the dead and you know, that's, that's great, and maybe some of us struggle with that. Wow, what's that mean? How can that be? I don't, you know. And then to think that the same Spirit that raised him from the dead can dwell in us. Can dwell in us. That we're not left hopeless. That the Christian life is not meant to be hopeless. It's not meant to be all struggle. I'm not saying life doesn't have struggles. I'm not saying there's not hard things we deal with. I'm saying we overcome. The Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The blood of the Lamb, what Jesus did, and our testimony, what do I say about it? You know, Jesus did his part. You know, the blood of the Lamb. Jesus came, he died, he rose again. That's done. That's done. The big question now is, what do you and I say about it? What's our testimony? We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. What do you say? Who is Jesus to you? What did he do for you? What does that mean to you? Is it just a story? Is it just a story? Let me say that if it's just a story, you can appreciate it. You can like it. You can be glad but it's just a story until it becomes the same spirit that raised him from the dead dwells in you and me. Then it becomes life to us. Then it becomes life to us. I want to read the rest of Romans 8, starting at verse 1 up to verse 11. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That is... There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Quit condemning yourself. There's no condemnation. That's one of the worst things I see young people deal with. They really honestly condemn themselves. I'm no good. I can't. I'll never. There's no condemnation. That alone is great news. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Oh. Now I'm asked to walk a certain way. This is where it becomes a little more of a commitment. I don't walk after my flesh. I walk after the Spirit. Your flesh is what you want to do. Most people in the world today are walking after what they want to do. 
I do what I want to do when I want to do it, and nobody's going to tell me any different. You're not going to tell me. Nobody's going to tell me what I can do. I hear that all the time. You can't tell me. I'm not trying to tell you. You choose to walk in the flesh or according to the Spirit. That's a choice we make. And it says that where there's no condemnation when we walk according to the Spirit, it says, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh like you and me. God sent his Son in human flesh like you and me. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh, they set their mind on the things of the flesh. If you set your mind on the things of the world and the things of the flesh, that's what you're going to walk. I preach and preach and preach till young people got to be sick of me saying it. Quit listening to that stuff. You set your mind on that, and that's where you're going to walk. Oh, I don't, I don't listen to it. Well, you're listening to it. I'm telling you, you're going to set your mind. What you listen to is where you're going to set your mind, and that's where you're going to walk. So we need to set our mind on the things of the Spirit. And it goes on to say, for to be carnally minded is death. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind, the worldly mind, the fleshly mind, the mind that's selfish, that mind is, at a, is an enemy with God for it is not subject to the law of God nor indeed can be. Since, those, since then, so then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And now it says, but if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. That we can walk in that Spirit. We can walk in that power of the resurrection. We can walk into the midst of things, the struggles, the hard parts of life. And we can walk into it with the victory of the resurrection that gives us life. We can have life in the midst of those situations. Otherwise, I don't know what's your hope. Well, you know, a lot of times our hope is that, well, I'm going to figure it out. Or the hope is that somebody else is going to figure it out for me. But, you know, I'm telling you, that's pretty disappointing most of the time. Our hope is in the one who gives life and who came to give life. And so how does that look? How does that look? What, is, what does that Holy Spirit want to do for us? What's he want to do in us and through us? And we'll look at some scriptures and just see what that looks like. In Titus, in the book of Titus, the third chapter, the fifth verse. It says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. It says he wants to wash us through regeneration. The Bible says we have to be born again. 
We have to be born of the Spirit of God. Otherwise, we're just born of the flesh. We need that Spirit dwelling within us, the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. And that comes through regeneration. It's through we have to submit, accept, and walk in the fact that Jesus died for us and accept that. Otherwise, it's just a story. It's just a story. We may like the story. It may be a good story. But it's just a story till you walk in it, till you're born again, till you're regenerated, washed. The Bible called washed by the blood. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So that's the first thing that has to happen. We have to have that life within us. We have to be born again, born of the Spirit of God. And like I say, it happens, you know, you almost hate to say, well, this is how it happens because it happens in so many different ways to different people. It's very individualized. Some things have to happen. We have to make a decision. We have to accept. But it, it, the Holy Spirit draws us and speaks to us in different ways. and We become born again, washed in the blood, regenerated, made new. The Bible says old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. It's a different way. You see things different. You live different. You walk different. Things become new. And then as, we, as things become now new, then the Holy Spirit begins to lead us. Romans 8, 14. It says, for as, many are as, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. God wants to lead us. He wants to show us. He wants to show us which way to go. He wants to show us paths. He'll direct us. He'll guide us. He'll speak to us. How? Through people, through his word, an inner voice inside of us. He speaks to our spirit. He wants to lead us and guide us. He doesn't just throw us out there and say, well, try to figure it out. Well, you're on your own now. No, he wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. He wants to direct us in a path. The Bible says the steps of righteous people are ordered by the Lord. He orders our paths. He directs us. Sometimes, sometimes he'll do it and we'll go, wow, look how that worked. Have you ever, you know, sometimes you just look around and go, whoa, that turned out different than I thought. Well, I didn't see that coming. I didn't, I didn't know how that was going to happen. I believe that's God guiding and directing and and. Helping things to go in a direction. He leads us. He wants to help us. We're not on our own. We're not on our own. He wants to guide us. Then the Bible says in Galatians, the fifth chapter, you know, once, once he's in us and regenerates us, he wants things to become new. And this spirit that dwells within us wants to produce fruit. Okay, it wants to produce fruit. And so the fruit that this Spirit wants us to produce is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So now the Spirit within me, the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that dwells in us, now wants to produce fruit. He wants me to be loving, kind, gentle, patient, What's the problem? The problem is my flesh, myself, 
needs to be changed. We die to ourselves, we rise to Christ. It doesn't happen overnight. Some things do. Most of the time, we have to walk in it and let the Holy Spirit produce fruit, begin to change us. And he wants us to be different. He wants us to be like him, like Jesus. And so that Holy Spirit that dwells in us begins to change things. I begin to come, become more loving, more patient, kinder. What is it inside of me that keeps me from doing that? I want to tell you something. I think the biggest thing is fear. You say, well, why would you be afraid to love and be kind and gentle and, and patient? Because I fear that if I do that, people are going to take advantage of me. People are afraid to be that way because well, somebody might take advantage of you. That's why, they, that's why we do what? That's why we get angry. That's why we throw fits. You know, what do your children do when they don't get candy, when they want candy? And they throw a fit. Why do they throw fits? Because they're trying to get you to break down and get what they want. Where do they throw fits? They throw them in the store in front of people. Why? Because they think they got more leverage there. Their, their kids are smarter than you. Face it, they're smarter than you. And guess what? You didn't have to teach them none of that. When, who's the last person that taught their kids how to manipulate their parents or how to get what they want? You don't have to teach that. We're born sinful. We're born that way. That's why we need to be regenerated because that's our natural thinking. So when the Holy Spirit gets, comes into us, he starts to want to change that. And we have to allow him. We have to not be afraid to let him change us. To change us. So that we become more like him. You know, Jesus said things we talked about in Sunday school. He said things that were kind of, you know, troubling. He said, you know, turn the other cheek. Oh, my goodness. Turn the other cheek? You mean they get to hit me twice? <laughs> you know? Give them a coat? You mean I give them one coat? They might want two? See? It's always how we think. The answer is, that could be. Could be. Different thinking. So the Holy Spirit wants to change how we live. He wants to change who we are. He wants us to become more like Jesus. If you want to know the picture of what that looks like, just read about Jesus. That'll tell you. And then I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to come and he wants to give us power. In 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, I'm going to read. This Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes and he wants to give us gifts. It says, For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another of discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one as he wills. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead wants to give you and me gifts so that we can live this life and live it victoriously. He wants to give us power. The Bible says so that you will have power. Power to be witnesses. 
He doesn't say, figure it out on your own. See if you can do it. He says, I will give you gifts. I will give you power to do what I ask you to do. We have to receive that. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us and wants to do all those things in us. It's not just a story. It's not just a story. It's a living God who stands before us and says, I want to live in you. And then he says, if I live in you, then let me be who I am. You know, sometimes the Spirit of God dwells in us, and we just say, well, you can do this and this, but not this. And we have limits. We live victoriously when we let him have control. When we let him lead us, guide us, work in us, help us to become what he wants us to be, give us the power to do what he wants us to do. When we say, I can't do that, I don't know if you can or can't. You may not have the natural talent. You may have the natural talent. That doesn't mean you can't. You can because the Spirit of God dwells in you. And if God wants you to, he will give you the power to do it. He will give you the power to do it. And we walk in that. We walk in his strength, not ours. We walk in what he's given us, not what we can do. If I had to do the things I do and do it in my strength, I, I don't know. I wouldn't do it. And I'm going to tell you something. If it was just a story, I wouldn't be here. It ain't worth it for a story. It ain't worth it for a story. I'd be out of here so fast if I thought this was just a story. But I believe it's a living God raised from the dead that dwells in you and me. And if he doesn't dwell in you, he wants to. He wants to. He paid the price so that you could have eternal life. My prayer today is that he dwells in you, in that power. And we allow that power to help us to be what he wants us to be. The children are going to come now and they're going to they're close with a song. When they're done, I'll come up and close with prayer. But they're going to come now and, and share a song with us.